Judges chapter 8 and verse 22. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son and thy son's son also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. And Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you, that ye would give me every man the earrings of his prey, for they had golden earrings, because they were Ishmaelites. And they answered, We will willingly give them. And they spread a garment, and did cast therein every man the earrings of his prey. And the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold, beside ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian, and beside the chains that were about their camels' necks. And Gideon made an ephod thereof, and put it in his city, even in Ophrah, and all Israel went thither a-whoring after it, which thing became a snare unto Gideon and to his house. Thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel, so that they lifted up their heads no more. And the country was in quietness forty years in the days of Gideon. Amen. May the Lord bless to us this reading from his word. I decided we would spend a third week on Gideon so we all might learn a little bit more about the remainder of Gideon's life and his death. And I include myself in that. I think we probably all are more or less familiar with some of the earlier parts of Gideon's story, uh, perhaps more so than the end of his life. But I think there are some lessons here to be learned as well. We didn't read the whole chapter, but in this chapter uh, 8, we learn that uh, Gideon continued to pursue the Midianites after his victory over them. You remember how the Lord prepared him for the battle and then how he took his 300 men. They had a torch, a flaming torch. They had a trumpet. They had their torch inside a, 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 a vessel, a clay vessel, and they shouted and they revealed their torch, they blew their trumpets, and the Midianite army was thrown into such confusion that they started to fight amongst themselves and to slay one another. And the Lord gave Gideon and his 300 a great victory that day, and we discover as well that other parts of the army and other tribes indeed, uh, they came to the assistance of the 300 after that when the Midianite army started to flee and there was a general rounding up of these, uh, these people. But 
we also discover that a certain number and quite a large group, uh, 15,000 I think it says, uh, managed to escape, including several of the kings. And Gideon and his soldiers pursued them. So while we didn't read it particularly in the chapter, we discover that here uh, we are going to also encounter a pursuit that takes place by Gideon and his 300 soldiers. And the force that they were chasing was still a lot bigger than the uh, force that Gideon had with him. But uh, we do remember that that army, the Midianites, was an army in retreat. It was in enemy territory and the soldiers were desperate to get home. So they were in no mood for fighting. And we read of uh, also the men of Succoth and the men of Peniel, um, Penuel, who in this uh, set of circumstances, they refused to help uh, Gideon and his soldiers with food and with refreshment, even although they were pursuing the army of their enemies. And in this chapter, we discover that afterwards, those cities suffered judgment by Gideon for refusing to help and assist his soldiers. He slew some of the leaders of those towns. And we learn from that that Gideon's actions were not vengeful or cruel in bringing this judgment against his own people. Because we remember that Gideon was judge in Israel and he fulfilled this role not merely by delivering Israel from her enemies, the Midianites, but also by dispensing justice and correcting sin and ingratitude and misbehaviour amongst the people as well. And this is good for us to, to note because our great judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom these ancient judges are types and pictures, he rules in his church as our deliverer, in the same way as Gideon delivered out of the hands of the Midianites, the Lord Jesus Christ is our deliverer from the enslaving power of sin. But just as Gideon was a judge amongst his own people, so the Lord Jesus Christ also corrects his people when we sin and misbehave. Because the Lord loves us. The Lord loves us and just as a careful parent because of their love corrects and disciplines their children, so the Lord Jesus Christ chastens and disciplines us when we wander away from him. After the defeat of the Midianites by Gideon, Israel had peace for 40 years and this is probably, those 40 years are probably the remaining duration of Gideon's life. But in that period, two incidents are worth mentioning, I think. The first is an attempt by the children of Israel to crown Gideon king over the nation. And in this matter, Gideon showed great wisdom. The second 
incident that I want to draw to your attention was the making by Gideon of a golden effort, which seems to have been a serious error because it proved to be a snare and it proved to damage the people of Israel. So let me just take those two things one by one and that will be our thoughts for today. The children of Israel were very keen to have a king. All the nations around about had kings and Israel resented the fact that they didn't. They resented that God alone was to be their king. We call that a theocracy where God is the head and the religious leaders are the head of a society. And the children of Israel didn't want that. They wanted to have a king of their own. They wanted their king to be a man just like them. And after defeating the nation's enemies, Gideon seemed like a good choice. So the tribes of Israel offered Gideon the position of king. And they said, you can be king and your son can be king and your son after him can be king. And this might have been a very attractive prospect, but Gideon refused. He told the people, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you, the Lord shall rule over you. And it was a wise decision by Gideon. God had made Gideon a judge over Israel. He had not made him a king. And it would have been wrong for Gideon to take the throne when the Lord had not authorised this change. The second thing that we learn about Gideon at this time is that he made an effort or a garment, um, a, a sort of waistcoat garment that was decorated with gold. Now, we've heard about ephods before. We heard about an ephod at the time of the making of the tabernacle when the high priest was being dressed in all of his splendid garments for his work in the tabernacle. We learned there about an ephod that uh, was sewn and was beautifully crafted. But why Gideon made an effort? Well, I just don't know. Perhaps it was intended simply as a memorial to mark God's deliverance of the nation. That would be a good idea, but a monument of some kind. Uh, like Joshua had set up or, or some of the other tribes had set up would have been a very adequate way of establishing a memorial. I think that it's likely that this effort had a deeper meaning. An effort was a religious garment worn by the high priest. Israel, as we've already seen, had an effort. It was with the tabernacle at Shiloh, which is where God was to be worshipped by the children of Israel. And the high priest's effort contained, again, something we have heard of, the Urim and the Thummim. 
And these, uh, this device was used, the, the, the Urim and the Thummim, was used to seek God's will on a particular subject. And I wonder if perhaps, and I am speculating a little bit, but I wonder if perhaps following the experience of the fleeces, where God gave a, an encouragement to Gideon by the use of the, the fleece, it being dry on one day and wet on the other, that uh, Gideon felt that he had the ability to discover God's will and that that ability now being vested in him, he used this effort in his role as judge in Israel over the next 40 years. Now, whether he did that or not, it appears that the children of Israel began to place superstitious trust in Gideon's effort. And we're told that it became a snare both to Gideon's family and to the wider nation. If Gideon did well in the matter of being called to be king, he did not do well in the matter of the effort. And it all goes to remind us that Gideon was just a sinful person who made mistakes like the rest of us. He was certainly a man of faith, but sometimes those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ do some very foolish things that cause a lot of trouble. These incidents in the history of the judges, they don't have a lot of continuing significance for us today, except insofar as they teach us spiritual lessons about the Lord Jesus Christ. These things happened a long time ago and far, far away. But they do teach us truths about the Saviour, as does the whole of Scripture. And here's what it teaches us. In a believer's heart, the Lord Jesus alone is to be King. He is King and he has a kingdom. However, Christ's kingdom is not of this world. The Lord Jesus told Pilate that when he was being accused of being a king and, and of uh, being a threat to the Roman Empire and to Caesar. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, yes, I am a king. What you say is right. And I have a kingdom. But it is not of this world. It's a spiritual kingdom. And it is populated by spiritual men and women and boys and girls. Men and women, boys and girls who have been brought into Christ's kingdom by the conquering power of the Holy Spirit and who have been subdued by grace. When Christ is our king, we are children of the king and we are subjects of his willing subjects of the Lord Jesus. And we seek opportunity to serve and to honour him as king in our lives. And what God 
or what Gideon, I'm sorry, what Gideon intended by this effort is not certain. So perhaps we shouldn't be altogether too critical of him. And yet it appears that where he was wise with respect to the kingship of Israel, here he was foolish with respect to this effort. Again, spiritually speaking, Hebrews tells us that our Lord Jesus Christ alone is our high priest. One high priest was made. One effort was given. One way of approaching to God and finding his will. And it was inappropriate, if this indeed was Gideon's practice, for another way to be set up. The Lord Jesus Christ alone fulfilled that role and fulfills that role. And he alone, at the cross, accomplished our access into the presence of God. Gideon had no authority to meddle in such matters. Our Saviour serves both as High Priest, who offers a perfect sacrifice, and that perfect sacrifice itself that is offered. Our Lord Jesus offered his own precious blood, the blood of Christ, to purge our sin and to cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So what does that all mean? Just this. As sinners, we have one spiritual head and one spiritual sacrifice. No more. We look to Christ alone as our King and we look to Christ as our substitute and offering for sin. We have in Jesus Christ everything we need for peace with God and everlasting life. When we read these Old Testament histories, we find men and women who were used by God. But no one, no one measures up to the God-man. Jesus Christ alone is fit and able to bring salvation to our souls. These Old Testament judges, they pointed to Christ. And we are wise always to follow their finger and to look beyond the type to the true object of our faith. Gideon himself was a man of great faith. We're told that in Hebrews. And he tells us, Gideon tells us, to look to Jesus. And by God's grace, that is what we shall do. We're told in this chapter that Gideon died at a good old age. That's what it says. He died at a good old age. I don't know exactly what age that was. But I do know that only three people in Scripture are described as dying at a good old age. One of them was Abraham, one of them was David, and one of them was Gideon. I take that to mean, given the individuals concerned, 
I take that phrase, a good old age, to mean that they died trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ under a clear sense of God's mercy and grace, despite all the trouble that they had seen. And that is a lovely picture with which to finish our thoughts today. May the Lord bless these things to us. Amen.